0: Well, hello everyone and welcome to the show. My name is Jay Conner, The Private Money Authority, and I'm your host for Real Estate Investing with Jay Conner. And if you're brand new to the show, I want to give you a special welcome. Here on the show, we talk about all things real estate investing. We talk about single family houses, commercial, land, fixing, flipping, rehabbing, not rehabbing, you name it, anything to do with real estate investing. That's what we're all about. And I want to shout out and give a great big thank you to all of my loyal followers and listeners and viewers. We just uh, finished celebrating our one-year anniversary here on the show, and we are on our way very quickly to 200,000 downloads and listens, and so thank you for participating. And by the way, if you are on iTunes, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, And uh, if you are watching one of the videos on one of our YouTube channels, uh, we love your comments and your questions that you can post below and we get all of your questions answered. And if you've been a follower, you know that I have had and I still have amazing guests and experts here on the show. And today is no different. But before I introduce my guest, I want to let you all know that I've got a special gift waiting for you. And that is how to get funding for your real estate deals, regardless of your, regardless of what your banker, your mortgage broker, or any lender would say. Because the way I do it is without relying on banks, it's got nothing to do with your credit, your verification of income, or your experience. And so, yeah, I've been doing the business now for 15 years, and I got cut off from the banks 10 years ago. I was introduced to this wonderful world of private money. And I haven't missed out on a deal in the past 10 years because of this wonderful world. So if you'd like to learn how I get deals funded and how you can get deals funded without relying on the banks, then go to the website that I've got set up for you. It's an online class ready for you to watch. You can check it out after the show. Go to www.jayconner.com forward slash moneypodcast. That's Jay Conner, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash money podcast. Well, on with today's show, I'm so excited to have my guest. Before I give you his name, I want to tell you a little bit about him. He's got an MBA from Ohio State. He has done all kinds of ventures in the past in his career. He started a staffing company with a partner and then a short five years later, he sold it for almost $3 million to a publicly traded company. And then moving on beyond that, he has completed almost 100 real estate investments from beginning to exit. So he's got a lot of real estate investing experience. Beyond that, my guest has appeared on HGTV on a special. He's done, as I say, a lot of rehabs, uh, and he's got his own podcast show with a lot of followers and subscribers, and he's the co-host of that show. It's a wealth-building podcast. And the name of his podcast is "How to Lose Money." <laughs> he's a frequent we're going to talk about that. He's a frequent contributor to bigger pockets, and he has a fantastic book that is sold on Amazon. The name of the book is "The Perfect Investment: Create Enduring Wealth from the Historic Shift to Multifamily Housing." came out 2016. And he also has a book that he's going to be coming out with very shortly on self-storage investing. And he's also the Managing Director. We'll be talking in detail about this. He's the Managing Director of two commercial real estate funds at Wellings Capital. So with that, welcome Mr. Paul Moore to the show. Hey, it is great to be here. Thanks, Jay. Absolutely, Paul. I'm glad to have you on. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to uh, join me here on the call. And so my curiosity is getting the best of me, Paul, myself and the audience already wants to know, why have you named your podcast show, How to Lose Money? Well, that's a great question. You know, I used to go to all these
1: conferences, real estate, business conferences, but when this came home to me, it was actually at a father-daughter conference. I went to the same father-daughter conference with my oldest daughter for seven straight years. And every year the guys would get up on stage and talk about their wonderful family, their wonderful trips, their wonderful entrepreneurial adventures. And everything was perfect. The kids looked perfect. They were all smiling. And, you know, and and I noticed the guys around my table slouching like, oh and on the breakout sessions, they'd be like, I could never be like them. They've got it easy. They've got it perfect, and I've even heard my own daughter say, I kind of wish I was in their family. They sound like they're having so much fun. Well, Jay, we got to know one of those famous families, and behind the scenes, we found out that they were just like us. They fought and argued at home. They had dysfunctions. They had issues, and I realized As soon as I heard that, I realized, wait, there's hope because they're obviously great people and got a great family overall, but they've had problems too. And I decided right there, if I ever had the public spotlight, I would talk about failures and problems and pain, and I would try to bring hope because you know anything without hope is under the influence of a lie. And I want to bring hope to people by saying, look, wherever you are, you can make it even if you have problems, losses, disappointments. And so we talk to people about their pain and their failure on the road to success.
0: I love it. Well, it sounds like your podcast is, you know, it's not fluff. You talk about real issues and real challenges, right? Yeah, we do. I love it. Now, how did you get involved or interested initially in real estate investing and why? You know, I'd
1: sold my company, and I moved to uh, Virginia. We bought land on the top of a, a Blue Ridge Mountain here, and we were kind of bored. I was 34 years old, and I considered myself semi-retired. I didn't know the first thing about retirement or investing, and I proved that in the coming years when I went from a couple million in the bank to $2.5 million in debt, but that's another story. But seriously, my friend moved to town and we were both bored. And we said, well, hey, we heard you can buy houses on the courthouse steps for 50 cents on the dollar. So we decided to go check it out. We did that. We made a lot of money on our first flip in a few weeks and we were hooked. And, you know, I tell you, if I would have known at that time what I know today about commercial versus residential, I'd have jumped straight into commercial real estate investing. But... That's, you know, that's, that's the path I've been on.
0: What year did you buy your first property on the courthouse steps? December of 2000. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you're ahead of me by three years. Okay. <laughs> I did my, Carol, Joe, and I, we invested in our first single family house in October Two thousand three. I didn't know what I was doing, and I went to a few seminars that I did not on. Uh, I did not intend on attending. If you know what I mean, when oh, I say yeah. seminars. Yes. You know, I tell people, you know what, you're going to pay for your education one way or the other. Just. <laughs> Don't do it the expensive way, right? I hear you. You know, I mean, I've paid
1: $25,000 2 different times for mentors, and those were some of the most successful ventures I've ever been in. It's worth it to pay for a good coach or
0: good training. It really is. Absolutely. Now, you just mentioned something a second ago. I think I heard you say that you went from $1.5 million in the bank to $2.5 million in debt. And then only 13 months after that, you were debt free again. Yeah. So we got to hear that story and we got to learn some lessons from your story.
1: Well, there's a longer version of it, but the short version is I was investing in waterfront lots at a beautiful lake called Smith Mountain Lake in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And uh, we were making about a $100,000 profit on each lot, and we got fairly deeply extended. The banks were very liberal in giving us credit. And um, one of the lots was a five-acre lot on a gravel road that we were sure they were going to pave, and we were going to cut it into five one-acre lots. Well, that didn't happen. And of course, the economy began to turn. We had no idea in December 2007 how bad it was really going to get. But I was sitting in my chair one day meditating. And by the way, what my partner gave me notice that starting January 1st of 2008, he would no longer be part of the company. He was going to give me all the debt instead of just half of it. Oh, how nice. Yeah. And you know, we're still good friends today because I understood his decision. He couldn't make the payments anymore, you know, the interest payments on all that debt. And anyway, I was sitting meditating and I had this thought. WWGMD. Now, that doesn't mean what would grandma do. That means what would George Mueller do? George Mueller was a great guy. He was a hellion in Germany in the 1820s, I think, and then he went to England, and he essentially became a pastor and a missionary, and he started all these orphanages in Bristol, England, and he did it all on faith. He didn't actually have any means of support, yet he raised something like two hundred billion million in today's dollars. And I thought, what would he do? Well, first thing he would do is not be in debt. So I was already in trouble. But I realized that another thing he would do would be to do something completely radical. He would probably do something that you know, would, would be against the norm. So I announced to my friends who told me I needed to, to declare bankruptcy and my wife and kids, I said, hey, we're going to give our way out of debt. How's that sound? And I got crickets. That's radical. uh, Yeah. So, and we had no idea, like I said, of the pit we were about to fall in as an economy. It was just rumbling at the time. Anyway, starting January 1st, 2008, we began to give a set large amount of money every week to charities and missions and church that we were passionate about. And four weeks later, I met a real estate developer at a subway restaurant who gave me this idea that turned into a light bulb moment for me that I, about how to subdivide that five acre lot legally. I went down to the county. I told them the idea. They were shocked. They said our laws have prevented this for decades, but you found a way to do it and we would not prevent you from doing that. And in the very depth of the recession in August, September, and October of 2008, I sold four of those five expensive lots And I was completely
0: debt-free 13 months after I
1: started giving.
0: Wow. I tell you, there's a good chance you have heard of one of my most favorite books that I have read in recent years. And the name of the book is The Go-Giver. Have you heard of it? Bob Borg. You know what? I haven't. I've heard of it. I have not read it. Tell me, is it a good book? Oh, my Lance, it's a parable is what it is with actual people's names but the parable's only about I mean it's like a short book. It's like a you know, like hundred pages or so. And when you just told that story as to how you gave your way out of debt is a perfect example as to what this go giver book story is all about. And when I read and by nature I'm a giving person, but this book, The Go Giver, touched me so much. Wow. I don't know how many of these books I've given away to family and friends and those colleagues because it just so much resonated. That's a big truth there. So why do you think that worked and why do you think that works? You know,
1: I want to be really careful to not say that, you know, that there's a vending machine in the sky and this will always work because I really believe it partially depends on motive. But I think that there is a principle of the universe I would call it the law of sowing and reaping. Some other of our Eastern friends would call it karma, and I would say that you know, just there's a principle in life that when you give, you get back, and uh in general, I believe that is true. I have seen examples where people where they didn't it didn't work out exactly as they thought, but I believe in general that is a true principle for sure.
0: Well, there's for sure a God principle that's straight out of the New Testament, and that is you reap what you sow. Right. It didn't say you were going to reap directly from the person that you sowed to, mm-hmm. right? And we may not be able to track it or, or determine it. You call right. it the law of reaping and sowing. A lot of people call it the, the law of uh, reciprocity. But you said something important there just a second ago, Paul, when you said you believe it ties into the motive of the giver. And here's my take on it. And that is, I think, a big secret in giving, whether it's money, whether it's time, no matter what it is that you're sacrificing and giving of yourself, I think a big part of the secret is giving with no attachment. Yeah. Giving with no intention or desire of, okay, I did this for you. Now you got to do something for me. Right. One thing I learned years ago, when I do something for somebody else and I expect nothing in return, I can't be ever disappointed. That's
1: good. Right. (laughs) Very good.